everyone, and welcome along to the TII post-match reaction to Rangers 3, Motherwell. Now, my name is Craig Dennett, and I hope you all had a great Christmas, however you spent it, whether it was with friends, family, or anyone in between. As I said, my name is Craig Dennett, and I'm your host this evening as we look, at, look back on Rangers' first um, post-Christmas game at Ibrox tonight. Uh, ran out 3-0 winners against Motherwell, but it wasn't the most comfortable performance that or the best performance shall we say that we will ever see from rangers i'm joined tonight as i was in the car turn from the game by kyle mcclain how you doing kyle uh absolutely sick of you to be honest i, I don't know how much more we can talk about this game to be honest but we'll, we're going to give it another go eh? yeah there was a lot of weird kind of stuff went on in the game tonight so we'll, we'll delve into into that one kyle the headline is obviously Rangers 3, Motherwell now three points, a clean sheet, four wins out of four under Michael Beale so far. What's your overall feeling on the game before we delve into the, the finer details? Just just as you said, I mean, we, we talked about it loads. I mean, it was such a it was such a weird game. Like I, I didn't really know how to, to feel about it when we were walking down the steps from, from the club deck. I was even though we were in, in the end, quite comfortable, you know, 3-0 uh, victors in that game, a couple of chances cleared off the line, a couple of other good goal attempts. Um, I still felt almost disappointed in how slack some of the play was. Um, I don't want to say a lack of effort, but just a lack of awareness, lack of perception at times. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was an odd game, wasn't it? It definitely was. Let's start to look into it, I guess, uh, and start where... Where we always do with the, the starting lineup that Rangers put out. So it was Alan McGregor and goals, James Tavernier, right back, centre back partnership of Connor Goldson and Ben Davies, with Borna Barisic returning at left back. We'll give him a few mentions, no doubt, as we go through as we go through the game. The midfield three changed once again. Uh, John Winstrom and Ryan Jack joined this time by Alex Lowry. Um, who was freed, I guess. I saw some people suggesting he was freed from prison in the build-up to the game. Um, but he was uh, making his first start for quite a considerable length of time and obviously good to see him back after that horror tackle um, that took place in the Cup. Um, outside of that, uh, it was just onto the, the front three where Malik Tillman, Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent made up the remainder of the starting eleven. Kyle, will you just give us your reaction or what your reaction was to that upon hearing it? Yeah, not too many great surprises. I think at, at this moment in time on, on paper, you and I had the discussion sitting there um, when we found out what the team was at this, perhaps maybe on paper, arguably our best squad, maybe you could argue one or two. Um, was I surprised to see Barisic going in? Not really. I think that was proven to be the correct choice, as I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, but it was it was harsh and divine given given how well he's played the previous three games. But he's not a left back, and 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 well, he did he, he came on and, and he got his just rewards. But um, no great surprises. Maybe could have seen Kamara in there um, for for Lundstrom. I think that was maybe the only other change that that we maybe thought could um, could have happened. But no great surprises and and. And just as as it sort of lined up the the, the last game as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think Borna Barisic coming back into the starting lineup was almost a given, um, especially with their defensive issues. I would suggest, or potentially our, our left back issues in terms of not having a fit left back. So despite him having one training session since he came back, I think it was a given that Borna Barisic would return. Um, outside of that. I was interested to see how they positioned Alex Lowry. I actually thought rather than being part of the midfield three, Alex Lowry would have been on the right of the front three. So I thought it was interesting to that was where that that was where Michael Beale positioned them. After the game, um Michael Beale suggested that he's actually moving Malik Tillman around in the in the starting eleven to try and find his best position, which is interesting and I guess suggests why Alex Lowry was moved into the I guess the the, the attacking, um, the, the more attacking of the the midfield three. Not quite sure that worked. If I'm being honest, we can come on to Alex Lowry's performance as we go through the game. Outside of that, I think it was pretty much to be expected. And as you said, I think it's pretty close to, if not our our strongest starting eleven that we would 
that we put forward would be interested in, in the listeners' views on that one as well, and we can bring a few of them up on screen and discuss that. Um, if there's anywhere, anywhere else you think that potentially we, we would be stronger if uh, an injured player or someone else in the squad was in. I think the only one we discussed, Kyle, was Tom Lawrence, um, who we thought potentially would come into the, the, the midfield three in place of Alex Lowry and, and create a, a stronger start in 11. But outside of that, I think we're yeah. pretty close there, albeit we're waiting on some getting up to fitness. And I, I guess we, we we were all able to see the lack of cohesion in the in the performance despite the, the good result. Kyle, first 10 minutes of the game, I, I'm not even sure how to describe the first 10 minutes of the game. I think we conceded four corners. To Motherwell, if I'm correct, and we looked a mile off it, didn't we? Yeah, it was it was not a great start to the game. Um, if I remember something that had been levelled at Gerard quite a lot, that the, the, the team wasn't great at, at starting games, and it seemed to be repeating itself a wee bit here. Um, there was, it was far too many corners given away. I, I am sure we will look, use this word several times tonight, but it was it was so slack. Um, I mean, it's take your pick. McGregor just didn't look confident. There was a ball. I think I think he punched at it rather than than catching it. Um, there was another one where he let go right along the the six yard box as well, where you possibly expecting to do a wee bit better. That that caused a bit of panic amongst the defence. Ben Davies, who again I'm sure we'll discuss in a bit more detail. Um, there was just so many slack passes. There was passes going going right out the the pitches. <clears throat> something I've never seen from a Rangers team, from especially in the last few performances, was is just passes, just absolutely nowhere near finding somebody. And and, and I do get what Michael Beale saying in terms of we are very much a a work in progress. But I I genuinely, especially in that first ten minutes before before we got the goal, I would have expected the passing to be a wee bit better. Um, it, it didn't help with you going. If we do that um, on Monday against Celtic, we won't get away with that. But I think that just couldn't compiled it and, and made it made it worse for for watching. But yeah, that first ten minutes was just simply nowhere near of an acceptable range of standard and, and how to start a game against and, and no offense to them against a team like Motherwell. Yeah, I think I turned up to tonight's game given the performances against Hibs, Aberdeen, Ross County, expecting us to show something and to and to start to show a bit of the, the cohesion that Michael Beale says we're still lacking in terms of, I guess, the, the, to see signs of of something that's coming together. We spoke during the game about we can see what we're trying to do as a team, but yeah. the players just aren't getting there yet. We need them to get there, I think, is the, is, the, is the thing. We need them to get there sooner rather than later. And I was hoping today was going to be the day that we do see them getting there. Unfortunately, it wasn't, and we'll come on to a few potential reasons why that might be. But I think the most important thing was the three points today. The fact that we scored three really high-quality goals, I think, as well, was a real positive. But there's a lot of work to be done um, during during the, the next few days to get us ready, ready to play against Celtic. And I, I'm not sure if most fans were the same, but I was viewing it very much through a what... Um, what, what, what are we going to do against Celtic and how are these players going to perform is is this going to be the starting lineup against Celtic um, we, and I was very much through the lens of we need to start showing showing what we can do ahead of that game as well because it's it's a, it's a boomer bust game for us I guess on Monday and that was very much why uh, I, was, I was keen to see a performance from Rangers Kyle we'll talk about the first goal very much uh, as uh, our fellow host Ross Chalmers says here, first goal was against the runner play. Let's be honest, great ball from Borna. It very much was against the runner play. John Winston and Ryan Jack were not getting a hold of that midfield at all. They were not taking control of it in any way. Their passing seemed to be a bit back and forward across the defence. We didn't really seem to have much invention or creativity. Ball... Um, Ryan Kent does well in the midfield, goes as his man, passes to Alex Lowry, who passes it further on to Borna Barisic. So a, um, a trademark Borna Barisic deep lying cross. When he was when he was flying into the box, I was 
half expecting Liam Kelly to come out and, and grab it, but he didn't. It was it was absolutely perfectly positioned, and Alfredo Morelos made absolutely no mistake, towering above the defender and finding the roof of the net. It was a it was a great goal, but definitely against the run of play. Yeah, it definitely was against the run of play, and, and you can see that's exactly why Bill's Bill's got him in the squad. I think he's alluded to in previous pressers that he, that he's going to use people's strengths and and and. And I know it's a bit of a cliched phrase, but but Barisic has that absolute wand of a left foot. It was it was a brilliant ball. If I remember on the radio, was it Lamy the defender that kind of got caught a wee bit underneath it? I think I just think the ball's that good that it's it's almost impossible to to defend. Um, Kelly, who's <laughs> we had an interesting discussion about goalkeepers tonight, um, who's potentially the new Scotland number one, William Kelly, but he was. Yes, yeah, could he be doing better for that? Maybe, but the ball was just was so good. It was right in that um, corridor of uncertainty where Alfredo Morelos just has to get a touch on it, and, and it was a really, really good finish. And, and it was great to see him back in the score sheet again, especially before such a such a big game. And and pff, name one person in Ibrox that wasn't happy when <laughs> when you see Alfredo sliding over into that corner. Absolutely, and it was much needed to I think to just settle the nerves because the performance in that opening ten minutes definitely wasn't helping that with the fans. Michael Beale spoke on the radio about he thought it was a bit of a muted um, atmosphere tonight. I don't think it was any different to a, to a normal run of the mill league yeah. game yourself, Kyle. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same with you there. I, I, I disagree for for the first time. I disagree with with Bill's comments in terms of it was a it was a muted atmosphere. We as supporters largely react to what's happening in the pitch, and, and at that that opening up to the goal, it just it it wasn't it wasn't good enough at times. I mean, you can't. We're not going to be cheering if, <laughs> if there's players that are passing the ball straight out of the pitch, or or or, or making slack passes, or or just not. Um, I know I've noticed a lot of comments about Lundstrom <laughs> already. Um, that that infuriated me at, at points again. How slack he was just giving the ball away, and it's not the first time we've seen him do it. It's a few times at the Ross County game. I seem to remember doing it as well, where he lost it and he just instantly fouled the man. You know, it's almost petulant, and we as supporters, that's not what we want to see. If you're going to sit and talk about. You're going to bring, and it's it's not just about the results. You're going to bring a brand of football. It's four games as a Rangers manager. I I, I, I hesitate to say it, but after the old firm on, on Monday, I think the honeymoon period <laughs> will be will be over for Michael Beale, and and we should be expecting to see not only results but a bit more of uh, what's the word I'm looking for cohesion in in the performances, Craig. Absolutely, and we'll come on to talk about John Lundstrom in just a second. Before we do, I want to bring up this comment from comment from Curry Muncher, who's obviously trying to buy a microphone from Ross or something on those kind of lines. He's asking, <laughs> he's asking why Ross is not on the pod. Well, Ross is not on the pod because he's he's lazy. That's all we can say. He's just he's just lazy. He didn't even make it to the game tonight. He's using the excuse of a holiday tomorrow. Yeah. I just think, yeah, he's just. Um, he needs to do better, needs to work harder, I think, is the, is the summary of that for Ross. Um, Kyle, we spoke, we, I guess we hoped after the goal that we would start to settle into the game, that we would be able to take control. I mentioned earlier that uh, John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack weren't taking control of the game in yeah. the midfield and we really, really needed them to do that. They, they really struggled even after we went 1-0 up to do that. I felt like John Lundstrom was very much slowing down our play, I felt like he was try- he was in the right positions to take the ball, but he was taking too long to to make the decisions on where he was going to pass it. He was taking too long to actually make that pass, and he seemed to be hesitating as well at times, which mm-hmm. I think was actually something that was was kind of running through the full team. It almost looked like they were lacking confidence on the ball that the player they wanted to pass to was actually going to be where they wanted to pass it to. Did why do you think? We struggled with that tonight. God, that's a it's a, it's a it's a difficult question to answer that one. I mean, it was. I mean, you and I clocked it. You know, 25, 30 minutes. It just there was Ben Davies was at it. it. Was hesitating when he was going to make challenges when he was going for passing the ball. Um, Lundstrom was at it. Jack was at it a couple of times as well. Some of the forward play as well. There was a wee bit of hesitancy. 
I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's they're still trying to come to terms with, with the system that they've been asked to play. Uh, you know, uh, the, the thing about tonight is uh, we were taking a lot more risks, I, I think, than what, we, what we've seen us do uh, under the previous regime. Under Geo, it was all very safe. It was it was measured. It was composed with with no real results. I don't know if there's still a bit of that still needs to be worked out the players a wee bit in terms of they do need to have a bit of confidence in saying that if, if we go for this pass, it, it, it will work and, and, and hopefully we go on to create an attack and move out of it or, or, or get us out of a difficult situation. But I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's just a, it's still a confidence thing at the moment, but, but how can you say that we're not confident if that's four now four victories in the trot? I think that'll be three out of four games they've now scored three goals under Michael Beale. That that didn't happen under the previous regime as well. So um I don't know is the honest answer, Craig. <laughs> I, I wish I knew, but it, it, it's something that needs to stop quickly and, and, and just the players just need to have a wee bit more belief in themselves. Yeah, what do you make of John Lundstrom, I guess, so far this season? Not necessarily just tonight, although I think tonight was symptomatic of much of what we've seen from John Lundstrom so far this season it just seems to have fallen back i guess to his early season form from last season we i think i was one of the most vocal critics early last season and was completely proven wrong in the second half of the season as to what impact john Lundstrom can have for us as a team and the um the value that he provided in that system that he was playing and obviously he scored he was vital in that way in that run to seville so we all know how good John Lundstrom can be. I think a lot of us considered maybe he struggled because of how the team were playing under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst at the start of this season. But it doesn't seem to be that. It seems to be his performances seem to have regressed. He still wants to take control in some situations, but he also is slow to react when he loses the ball. He's slow to close down players and tackles. He, when he does... Um, when he does get to get to the opposition player in time, he tends to be quite rash and diving in. We've seen him pick up loads of needless yellow cards. He got another one tonight um, because he, him and Jack were dilly-dallying on the ball. It just doesn't seem to be, I guess, the dynamic midfielder that we need him to be in that position. And I think he's at serious risk of, of losing his position going forward. We saw James Sands come on for him for the last half hour. Um, today, mm. I think he was much more progressive and much more forward-thinking than John Lundstrom has been. And um, John Lundstrom likes to go from side to side when he's controlling the play, whereas John uh, James Sands was much more incisive in that in that sort of number six role in there. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think John John Lundstrom's at risk of losing his his spot? Yeah, possibly. I think he's maybe a wee bit fortunate. That the, I don't like saying it like this, but maybe a wee bit fortunate that Davies Davis is injured at the moment. Um, in, in terms of finding one, because I, I think maybe we, we might have seen Stephen Davis starting this game. Um, I agree with Curry Muncher to, to an extent there, but it's just it's it's been picked up more and more. He just, as you alluded to, he just he slows it down a wee bit. There's that. That and I hate keep going back to last season, but it was that six months towards the end of last season that the word I would associate with Lindstrom was was he was tenacious and he was diving into tackles and he was snapping the ball and it was it was getting absolutely fired at people at like a hundred miles an hour and there was a real you know bite to his game and he was he was that bit of a you know a bit of a midfield general. I don't know if he's been told to to tone it down a bit or or what, but it, it seems to be that you know some players in in this system the the um the shackles have been taken off and there's other players the shackles seem to have been put back on them and and, and Lundstrom is very much one of those players. I mean, you you saw him for for um uh, Sheffield Wednesday and a uh, Sheffield United sorry in the, in the Premier League and it was it was that box to box midfielders we didn't really see him outside the box an awful lot. I think he maybe had, had one shot, um, which ended up being deflected for a corner. But you just, I don't know, there just seems to be a, 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 a bit of a lack of confidence at the moment, which is, 
given how good we've we've seen him play, he, he seems like like an ideal player to have sitting in that defensive midfield role, getting box to box. But it's just it's just not happening at the moment. As I said, he's he's not the worst defender or anything like that. Just tonight, he happened to have a a particularly bad game and. Uh, I think it was the correct decision to take him off when, when he ended up getting taken off. But yeah, it's uh, ho- hopefully it, it, it gets better soon. Yeah, Albert's having legends saying there he thinks Lundstrom is still basically injured at the moment. If that's the case, I'm not really sure why he's why he keeps being played. We've got <laughs> other, we've got the likes of, of Glenn Kamara who can slot in there. James Sands, as we saw, came on there um, tonight to to play in that position. So if John Lundstrom is injured. I don't know if they're trying to just get him through to the, the old firm game, but if that's the case, then sure, you rest him tonight, so he's definitely ready for, for the old firm game. So I'm not sure that one kind of makes sense to me. Kyle, it felt like we were creating some half chances, but struggling really to to, to get ourselves through on goal or, or to create any clear-cut chances. I believe Alfredo Morelos had, had one... Um, there were a couple of crosses thrown into the box that, that ended up with headers on target or or I think there was a couple that actually came off people's knees and things like that that the keeper had to make a save. It wasn't anything obvious from that perspective and Motherwell were continuing to push at the other end. I felt like we still looked nervy at the back. I'm not sure if you had the same feeling. I felt like despite having James Tavernier um Connor Goldson, Ben Davies, and Borna Barisic, which a lot of us is probably th- are probably thinking pretty close to our first choice um, back four. Maybe Yilmaz coming in at left back. But outside of that, that's pretty much our first choice back four. And we looked at sixes and sevens at times and how to defend the Mullow attack. Mullow were pressing us really high, um, which I think was forcing us into decisions. Alan McGregor still does not look comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, and he seems to, we spoke about hesitation earlier amongst the outfield players. Again, he was hesitating a few times in his decision-making, whether it was coming for crosses, whether it was catching the ball instead of punching the ball, whether it was playing the ball out quickly when he'd caught it or had the ball at his feet. He just looked indecisive, I think is probably the best way to describe it. The uh, What's your thoughts on the back four and why they might have appeared a little out of sorts, it just seemed a bit strange. Uh, again, I'm not too sure. It'll be interesting to see how often that that back four, back five has actually played with each other this season, um, given given the injuries, especially to the to the centre halves. Um, I, for me, I, it all started with with McGregor just not not being confident, and then that seemed to sort of knock on to Ben Davies a wee bit. I thought Golden was all right um, in terms of defensive. I thought maybe Tav had a couple of slack ones. Um, I know I was on the last podcast before we we signed off for for the Christmas break, um, giving Borna Barisic a, a, a bit of stick in terms of his confidence and his attitude at times. Um, I think his his comments saying he was tired and exhausted after the World Cup. I think that was really poor and something he shouldn't have said. But in saying that. I think he has been one of our most consistent <laughs> performers um, this year. Um, I, I, I thought it was okay. I, I just it's, it, it comes down to confidence and confidence only. That that is the only way you can you can say it. There was just a, a lack of belief, and and I, and I don't really know why. I'm glad Ben Davies for me did come into it a bit more as as the game progressed. He seemed to find his range, but. You know, as much as we're we're criticising some of our own players, sometimes you just have to stand up. It was something that was very noticeable. Was was the Motherwell uh, high press? I thought Stevie Hamill got his tactics um, spot on in, in that regard. Um, they, they put us under pressure at times. Um, again, maybe something or or definitely something that we will come to expect on Monday for sure. But. Um, yeah, it just we just didn't really seem to cope well with with how in uh, our faces they were at times, and and we just just a wee bit of panic rather than just a bit of composure and and just finding that out ball or, or or trying to break the lines and find it through the midfield. We did get there eventually, but it it, it took far too long. 
I absolutely did. I have to agree with Curry Muncher here. The lack, the lack of composure is worrying me, especially in defence. We always look like a nervous wreck and panicking, like watching Wayne's football, where they all run towards the ball. I think that's that's partly true. Um, I think the I've no idea what just happened to Kyle's right hand side there. We <laughs> a dog barking that song. <laughs> the um, I have to agree with that. With that one, it seems strange. Even our, our fullbacks seem reticent to go out and close down a cross ball for some reason. I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. It's that seems a bit strange that they seem to want to leave it to each other to to deal with certain things and absolutely that needs to change and we need those players to step up and take responsibility. One player who did step up and take responsibility was Connor Goldson. Um, just, I think it was around the 35 minute mark. I said to Kyle, it'd be great to get a second goal before <laughs> half time as Borna Barisic steps up to whip in another great ball from the corner. Connor Goldson rises and manages to find the back of the net, I think off the crossbar and in but it was up the other end of the park from us, but I think off the crossbar and in, and a rare Connor Goldson goal, um, but a very much welcome one, Kyle. 100%. It was a, it was a well-worked corner in terms of, I thought the delivery was excellent from Barisic. Um, I initially think, I can't remember, was it Tav was over that side, or, or, or maybe it was Tillman sort of hovering about the corners, um, something that we... We saw, uh, noticed a, a lot tonight was how quickly Tillman was, was, as soon as we got a corner, Tillman was over in there either trying to look for a quick corner or or I think we did it once. And I don't know if that's something he's picked up at or been taught or trained at Bayern Munich, but um, Barisic went over and, and was instantly wanting wanting to take it, which was good to see a confident Barisic. You're always, you're always happy about that. He, he gets that lovely sort of whip in and... and it's a criticism uh, of, of Rangers the last few months is how we've had sort of two giant centre halves in, in Ben Davies and, and Connor Goldson when they have been fit. I you should expect these guys to be getting on the end of of corners and, and thankfully Goldson, as you've seen him do in the past quite a few times, managed to get his head on the end of it and it was a great towering header, too powerful for the goalkeeper and. Yeah, again, almost a bit surprised at, at 35 minutes that we were we were two 0 up, given how not poorly, but how just um, disjointed the performance was. Yeah, absolutely. Curry Munchers um, clarifying it for us. Apparently, Conor Goldson headed it into the Marvel player's shoulder and it whipped over the keeper, ah. which, um, which makes more sense as to how the ball went in yeah. at the back of the net. We were quite a bit confused as to how it wasn't saved, but that makes much more sense and we'll take all the luck we can get on that front. As you said, it was a very disjointed performance up until this stage. We went into the break 2-0 up. I was a bit surprised, but happy that we managed to reach that stage 2-0 up. And when you get two goals ahead, I know Motherwell have called us back a couple of times in recent seasons when we've been two goals ahead, but I was pretty confident and comfortable that we would be able to to see the game out uh, as, a, as a victory. But I was definitely expecting more goals, Kyle, and I was expecting us to continue to, to push forward. Second half started and it did seem a bit that we were more in command and more in control. For the first five minutes or so, we had a few corners, we had a few shots at goal, we had a few attempts. Alfredo Morelos was looking um, dangerous again at the start of the second half. And then we just seemed to lapse back into the disjointed yeah. performance again. We we lost control of any passing. We were playing the safe pass quite a lot. We were turning backwards, even though there was space going forwards. We were second-guessing where our other players were. We were hitting the ball straight out the park. It was just the same as the first half all over again, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it just, it kind of, it kind of crept in out of nowhere again. As you said, the first five minutes of that half were encouraging. Lowry in particular seemed to be a bit more snappy with his passing. He had some lovely one-touch stuff and, and seemed to be acting as the as the wall or or forming a few a few of the sort of triangles that we see under under Bill. Um but yeah I just I, again I, I don't know if it was something that, that Motherwell did that that slightly changed it. At times they just 
because this is the Lundstrom incident that we're, we're talking about when, when he got the yellow card. It just it all seemed to go, I don't want to say tits up, but it just seemed to go from going quite well to a bit nah after that, that wee incident. Um, it's just, I don't know if some of the players at that point had thought that, and I'd be really, really disappointed if they did, if they thought that, ah, we're 2-0 up. Motherwell haven't really had much in, in the way of, of, of chances at goal. I don't know if they just took the foot off the gas a wee bit or, 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 or as I said, we know the old firm's coming up in, in a few days' time. I don't know if some of the players started looking towards that. but Because I, I, I said this to you when we were leaving, I, I felt at times that, and this is a really difficult thing to say, that there, there was a wee bit of unprofessionalism crept in in terms of, of we just weren't, you know, seeing it out or or, or at times giving Motherwell the, the respect that, that, that we were due. I mean, I think that's the most frustrating thing from fan uh, from a fan's perspective is that we know that m- more players in this team have, have more gears to, to go through. And 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 uh, I, I, I keep saying it, it, it was such a weird game. See if we'd have won that game 6-0 tonight, nobody would have batted, batted an eyelid, but it was... Yeah, it was just an odd, odd performance until until the changes um, the changes happened. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our fellow podder, Chris Cherry, we aren't in full flow yet, but we do look much more solid and controlling under Beal. I think this is something we've discussed quite a bit. Kyle, we can see what Michael Beal wants us to do. We can see what the players are trying to do. They're just not they're just not quite executing it as yet. And uh, sadly, tonight was another performance that that showed that, and it, it does feel like it needs to click very quickly over the next few days if we're going to have any chance against Celtic in the Old Firm game on Monday. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was that that was that was a thing on the geo. You, you could never quite see what we were trying to do. You were you were always like, "What?" I mean, I don't know how many times you or I were on a pod, or and we were going what was the tactics like? <laughs> How were we actually meant to be getting at that team from this game? At least with this Beal way of saying, uh, playing, you, you, you can see what, what, what the goal is, what the end aim is. Um, you could see how we were trying to do things. It was just, they just weren't, I, I totally agree with Chris there in terms of, they just weren't quite um, happening. I, I, I think we were in... Controls the word. I honestly don't think we were fully in control of that game at, at, at points. Especially the the centre of the park, the midfield. Motherwell didn't have control of it. We absolutely didn't have control of it um, in the middle of the park, and and that for me is something that needs to improve quickly. But you know, I, I can't remember. Was it the last, maybe the pre-match game for for this or the pre-match press conference for this? Beal did say that that um, when they were discussing the Davis injury, um, that we are. It, it sounds like we are looking at central midfielders anyway, which is encouraging from from a from a sports point of view. Definitely, one player that was playing central midfield tonight, Kyle, was Alex Lowry. Um, he was one of the the substitutes that came off after the third goal will come on to the third goal in a second. Albert's 11 legend says, think Lowry needs a run of games, but unfortunately will be benched again on Monday. I would fully expect Alex Lowry to be back on the, the bench on Monday, not reflective of his performance tonight, but I think just in terms of how we're going to approach trying to play against Celtic. What did you make of Alex Lowry tonight and how did you think he fared against Motherwell? Yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, I, I, he's not going to escape a, a wee bit of criticism in terms of in terms of some of his slackness, some of his passes. But it's the thing where, like Lowry, you, you will get if if he does something that's not quite right or or he loses the ball, it's not going to deter him. He's he's going to try it again. Um, there was one instance, especially in the first half, and and I'm sure we've seen him uh, score a goal like this. Um, um, before when when he got like a really really quick shot away, I I, I almost thought it was a a sort of toe poke, but I, I think he's just got that quick feet that he can <laughs> that he can um get it away. Um, some of his touches were just absolutely class. Um, and to, see see when he's not thinking about things and and he's he's in those wee triangles, I can really really see him being you know being a key part of the Bill system. In terms of, of of building the play up and and, and working it forward, 
he just looked like a guy that it's got a wee bit of rustiness. I'm I'm really glad he got sixty minutes today, and I I have no doubt he will be an important part of of this season and 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 next season as well. But at the moment, it's just about getting and minutes in the guy's legs, getting him up to to match sharpness, and, and I'm sure at the end of the day, he'll be he'll be an excellent player for us. Yeah, he will be, and I, I have no doubt that Alex Lowry is the uh, you're laughing at curry once you're giving your painting stick there, so it curry yeah. can fire into. I'm not even sure. <laughs> is, is it cats? I'm just. Is it cats when you're painting? Or so? Listen, I, I'm, for a sec, it's absolutely not. I, it's whatever you want it to be, curry. That that's what I'll say. <laughs> um, I, I've I have no doubts that Alex Lowry will be a, a part of the first team, a first team squad. Rangers, I have no doubts that Alex Lowry will make his way into the first team um, starting 11 and he will make a real impact for us. You can see his quality. I think the only thing that's kind of been brought into question, especially in recent weeks and months, has been his attitude in training. Um, that seems to have been something that's that's been brought forward quite a few times and by quite trustworthy sources as well, that he potentially doesn't try as hard as he should be or he's not as disciplined as he should be as a professional footballer in training. Now, there's a certain level of that that comes with people mature and Alex Lowry's only a young guy. And um, like we said, I guess we said with, with Leon King, who um, who struggled a bit when he came into the first team, but appears to be putting in every ounce of effort he can on the away from the pitch to, to beat to be better and we need Alex Lowry to take on that attitude as well because he certainly has um, all the talent at his feet and he could be a big, he could make a big impact for us. I think he can really be, and we'll come on to the third goal now because I'm going to bring in Malik Tillman. Um, Malik, I thought Malik Tillman had a really good game tonight, Kyle. I thought he, um, he had, he was really influential across the park and it was um, key to most of our attack and play. He, you can still tell that he, th he thinks two or three steps ahead of anyone else on the park, which I think can lead to some frustration for him at times. Um, and it can also lead to some of his passes or some of his touches looking like they didn't go where they were supposed to go, but actually he's relying on players, other players mm -hmm. to be there. Um, so I think Malik Tillman is, is, um, had another great game tonight and he capped it off with a goal. What was the, the third goal of the night? Again, it was um, Kent onto Morelos and then some more good work from Alfredo Morelos, who I thought was better in patches tonight than he was um, than he was um, in the previous games where he, he kind of he had, he had the 10, 15 minute spell and kind of disappeared. So I thought Alfredo Morelos was better tonight. He always scored with a, a bit of an audacious back heel after he outmuscled the defender. Whether he should have <laughs> gone for the back heel or just gone for a more straight down the line shot, um, I guess that's up for debate. Um, but I thought he did well at that point and set up Malik Tillman, who was who squared up to the defender and yeah, slotted the ball into, into the back of the net, scoring against Morelos again. Rangers third goal of the night and pretty much securing the three points. It was it was a, another really good goal that was completely separate from from how we were playing at that point in the game. Yeah, totally agree with you there. It was a a really good pick out from Morelos. Um he was unselfish in that moment. Um I think there would have been games in the past where he would have maybe been uh, Tempted to have a wee shot and goal there, but Malik Tillman makes a makes a brilliant run, lets the ball run across his his body, and it's a it's a superb finish um, against a pretty decent goalkeeper, I would say. Um, on Malik Tillman's performance and during the whole game tonight, it was it was the one player for me that actually got people off their feet at times. He had a wee nutmeg. Um, on the outside of the box, I'd love to see the amount of fouls that he got against them tonight, because um, uh, he seemed to to win us quite a lot of fouls in terms of uh, when we were just looking for a wee a wee rest, if if you know what I mean, or or just a, a wee chance to to perhaps regroup. Um, some of his passing was was really really good at times. He's he's got that sort of I don't know, sort of threading it through the eye of a needle. He's really good at breaking the lines. I, I, I agree with you in terms of that some of our players aren't quite up to um, anticipating where he's going to play the ball 
next yet, but it, yeah, it was a, it was another really all all uh, all round good performance from from Tillman, and and I think he'll certainly be in the, in the team. Um, Come for the old firm game, I, I, it'd be crazy not to. And and given as well that the, the fact that I know we've not we'll, we'll come on to the raft of changes that happened, but um, obviously that we injury to Morelos or, or, or tightness things had to tweak. I, I think he played about three or four positions tonight. Um, and I know that that, that Bill was uh, in the the brief bit of his press conference that, that I did manage to catch. He he did talk about. You know we are trying Malik in, in several different positions because we're not we're not sure what it is yet. Is it an eight? Is it a ten? Um, you know it, it's good for us to have a player of that quality that, that's that versatile. I think the um, the seesaw of I, I was all well we should pay the four or five million to buy a Munich straight away, and then I went to the total opposite end. Is this guy's four or five million for this guy? Absolute madness. And I'm now back again to thinking that four or five million is it's an absolute steal. I would I would pay that in January. <laughs> yeah, Cubby Cubster comes in and says, Tillman is a must sign, and I'd I'd have to agree with that. I do think you give yourself when it's a an, an already pre-agreed amount um to be paid in the summer. I think you give yourself as much time as possible to assess the player and obviously to make sure that he doesn't get a serious injury between now and the end of the season and all of that sort of stuff to make sure you're not you're not wasting money but I guess it would, it would be Rangers luck if we were to fork out the money just now and then get able to get a serious injury but touch wood that does not touch wood that does not happen um yeah. but I think you definitely pay the money for Malik Tillman I don't see I think with uh the pedigree of playing for Bayern Munich you it's a bit like Yanis Hadji you're not going to lose out by by forking out that money, there's always going to be someone that looks at his his time at Bayern Munich and coming through that um that youth system and will 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 take a chance on him at, at a rate of five million pounds, even if it wasn't to work out at Rangers and Yanis Hadji falls into a very similar bucket in that and that I think there are quite a few teams across Europe that would willingly yeah. pay well over the three and a half million pounds we paid for Hadji um to take that to take him on. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that Tillman deal structured in 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 that sort of typical Barcelona clause in that Bayern Munich have got the the option for a first is it first option for a buyback on them or something like that I'm sure as well so I'm not quite sure how that would work in terms of if we bought him and he had another really good season what happens did Bayern Munich say we want him back again but we're we're giving you five million or or I I don't know how it works but. For for me, he's definitely a guy that that we should be signing Tillman. Yeah, absolutely. After the third goal, there was a raft of changes, as you said, Kyle. There were four changes, I believe, um, made, and I'm going to try and um, remember who came on and who went off off the top of my head. But whether I can or not, I'm not entirely sure. So I think the players that came on: Fashion Sakala, uh, Glenn Kamara, Adam Devine, and James Sands. I think for the four players that came on, four players yep. off. This is going to be the harder part. Of <laughs> um, four players that came off were um, John Winstrom, um, James Tavernier came off. Um, we thought he, he seemed to struggle a couple of times during the game. James Tavernier, especially going forward, there was one particular point in the second half where Ryan Kent was almost just holding the ball and holding the ball and holding the ball yeah. waiting, for the, waiting for the overlap and James Tavernier was just not not making it at all and we thought that was a bit strange um, but it seems to be that he's still struggling a bit with the with the flu um, that he was that Michael Beale had mentioned previously and he's, he's missed quite a bit of training and they were just wanted to to try and give him as much rest as they, they could with the game effectively done and dusted at, at 3-0 um, so James Tavernier uh, came off. I've completely forgotten who else came off. Kyle, you may be able to fill us in on that one. Um, but I did think that James Sands moving into that John Lundstrom position, as we discussed, was really interesting. And I thought he did well when he came on. But it did seem that the, the four changes, while I understand why they were made when they were made, we were 3-0 up. Got a big game coming up on Monday. Um, we're struggling already with with injuries, and um, we're, so we're struggling already with, with with injuries, and we need to wrap some players up in cotton wool, I guess. But 
it did take all momentum we had in the game if we had any momentum to be fair um, it did take it all that out the game we went back to being safe we went back to being a bit swappy um, we were back to struggling to create a lot of chances. It just it seemed to effectively kill the game from at that point, which I was actually really disappointed in because we need to start to have that attitude in that 2-0 or 3-0 isn't enough and we need to keep going um, till the very end and we need to do all we can to score as many goals as we can because we know goal difference will continue to be a factor when it comes to up against the other side of the city. Yeah, as you said, any momentum we did have, it just sort of killed it stone dead. Um, in, in terms of the substitutions, I, 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 if you remember it in the game, I didn't. I had no idea who was coming off or what. I was just shouting all sorts of names, but I was... In hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. I, I was genuinely surprised that that Morelos wasn't one of those four, given that he's really the only fit um, striker that we've got at the minute. Despite what what Bill said about um, Cholak and and dare I say it, Roof. Um, uh, for what it's worth, I I actually thought, and and I, I'm dying to see the comments after I've said this. I actually think that that James Sands had not too bad a game playing in his natural position. He's always been a player that I've, I have I, I rate. Um, I think his game intelligence is, is quite high. I think he can read a game really well. And I think that he did what Michael Beale asked him to do in terms of go in there, you know, be a bit disruptive in terms of breaking up the, the motherable play. Um, but it, it, for me, his, his, his passing was good and it was quick and, and, and at times it, it, it got things uh, moving. Um, I know we'll come on to some of the other substitutions later on, but for me, out, out of all out of the subs that came on, oddly enough, it, it was a defensive midfielder that, that, that sort of pleased me most. But then again, that sort of highlights the fact that we've brought on... Um, Oh, Jinx, Kamara and, and, and Fashion Zakala. And um, I understand that Divine came on um, for, for Tav, but you would still expect him to, to be pushing up. Uh, it, just, it just didn't really really happen. And, and at that point, I can I can maybe understand why Bill's done it. It's 3-0, just wants to see the game out and, and again, just put, put some minutes and legs. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I do think I do agree with you that James Sands made the biggest impact of those substitutions. Alfredo Morelos obviously went down almost straight away as soon as play restarted. Um, I believe it's a, a tight hamstring. Michael Beale said in his post match interview, so they're going to monitor it over the next few days. But he didn't sound too worried about it at this stage. I think Alfredo Morelos will be a big player for his come Monday. We will obviously have a, a full preview of the, the Rangers-Celtic game later in the week. Um, on We're actually doing it on Friday morning um, at 10am, so make sure to tune in. At that point, um, I know a random it's a random time, but people are busy at this time of year and we had to try and fit our in people's diaries. Anyway, Kyle, a couple of ones before we, we get your man of the match. Uh, Curry Munchard speaks about Ryan Kent. Um we know Ryan Kent has moved into a more more of a free role since um, since Michael Beals come in, and he seems to be dropping a wee bit deeper at times and trying to link up the play and um, some of his some of his movement to get away from opposition players is really really impressive, but also some of his I guess he plays the safe pass quite a lot still. I don't think he quite drives it at defences as much as he. he he did previous in previous seasons, but he's definitely making more of an impact than he was under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, especially not being stuck hugging the left-hand touchline. What's your thoughts on Ryan Kent's performance uh, uh, tonight specifically, but also on the whole? He's definitely getting better um, from what we've seen previously in the season. I think that that's a fair comment from, from Curry Muncher there in terms of it, it, there, there wasn't an awful lot of, of end product, but as you said, getting away from opposition players, it, I mean, is, is there anybody better than it in, in this Rangers squad at the moment? Um, I'm not too sure, but it's maybe it's just highlighted a wee bit more because 
it's just the, the the final decision making was 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 my biggest criticism from 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 Kent tonight. Again, at, at times you could really see what he was trying to do. That um, the the instance you talked about where where Tav I, again, I just think sometimes the players round about him were letting him down. That some of the passing wasn't there. I think that's an ideal role for Kent, just being the. The, the sort of roamer and, and just being given that license to go over to play wherever he wants and, and, and find that pass. I think that's where he can be most chaotic and, and and most disruptive. But it's just yeah, it's hopefully something we'll see going forward. How he got his sponsors man of the match of the game. I think everybody that was in Ibrox just went, huh? But like um uh, yeah, how how that happened, I, I do not know. Somebody obviously wanted a <laughs> I, I signed Ryan Ketcher or, or to talk to him for five minutes. But man of the match he was not but I, I, you can you can see the the gradual performances improving ever so slightly. Um, hopefully, when everybody else is is a bit fitter and and um, and there's a bit more better decision making, hopefully that's when we can really see Kent sort of come into his own. But it's a I'm conflicted at times because he is such an important player, but in what what's the date today? Twenty eight. So in three days. He can sign pre-contracts with anybody that he wants, um, and I don't know if that's weighing on his mind at the moment or, or whatever. But from from Kent, it, it certainly needs to be um, it certainly needs to be better. But but you can see improvements from him. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. You can see improvements from him. I think on his contract situation, it's going to be a similar to Conor Goldson. As uh, was last season, I think he will run until the summer, and I think, um, I think he's probably more likely to be offered a new contract than Alfredo Morelos. But Alfredo Morelos, I guess some would say his form is picking up in a timely manner, um, and it may prove that he is still an important part to Michael Beale's system, and that they we may struggle to find a replacement. But I do think that these are. These are definitely players that need to be taken into consideration when we're talking about a squad reshuffle and as to whether they are still providing value to Rangers at this moment in time or whether actually there are players out there that we feel could offer more to us as a team in this moment in time. I guess that's all to be to be discussed in the wash. But one player who, as soon as we came on tonight, Kyle, was instantly getting stick was Alfredo Morelos's replacement tonight in Rabi Matondo. Um, there's a few comments here I'll let pick out. Um, I'll go with Albert's 11 legend, first of all. Um, definitely not a fan of Rabi Matondo's um, performance tonight. Bueno's 70 was another one. How poor a finisher is Matondo? Why does he never try to chip the goalkeeper? He's a player that's frustrating, Kyle, because he does... You can see glimpses of his quality at times. You can see he knows what runs to make and when to make them. His finishing leaves a lot to be desired, I think is the diplomatic way to say it. Um, what were your thoughts on Ravi Matondo when he, when he came on tonight and do you kind of echo the frustrations that others felt? Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with most of those comments there. Um it's really tough to say, but but sometimes you've just you've got to say he's he's just not of a range of standard. We've seen enough of him. He looked, um, I seem to vaguely remember him being a bit promising in that um, West Ham friendly we had at the start of the season. He had that a good run against Hearts um, for when he set Cholak up. But other than that, I'm really really struggling to find any moments this season where he's where he's excited. He has pace. But to be a success in Scotland and, and at Rangers, you need more than than just pace. I mean, that's the last couple of games he's had clear one on ones with the goalkeeper, and, and the finishing has been has been very bad for for a professional football player. I mean, you would think that's total um, uh, bread and butter stuff for for guys like that, Matondo. I mean, uh, you've seen the training sessions under Bill now. Um, you see it, he, he is in positions like that a lot. He's against a better goalkeeper than, than Liam Kelly, I would say, in, in terms of when he's up and training against McLaughlin or or McGregor or, or even McCrory to an extent. Um he, he should be he should be doing better. I had I had massive, massive questions over him 
um, when he came in, as soon as you saw that, that Schalke had signed him for 11 million quid from, from City's youth academy and in the space of 18 months for Schalke to be willing to let him go for for less than a third, less almost a quarter of the price that, that they initially paid for him. I mean, that's serious question marks and, and I think we're, we're now seeing why, why Schalke let him go. I think Schalke have done well to recoup even three million quid um, back from at this point, but he's he's never worth that amount of money and, and has got to go down as a massive black dot against against Ross Wilson in, in terms of signing him. It's, if, I don't see the guy having a, a future at Rangers. I know that sounds very harsh, but I, I would much rather see one of our, our, our young B-team players getting the, the nod ahead of him, to be honest with you, and especially in games like this. But he's a Rangers player, and, and I, I hope it, it does come good for him. I hope with some some coaching under Beal, maybe it does improve, but that's just me being extremely optimistic. Um, yeah, I just... It needs to be better from Matondo, and I just don't see it happening. Is the, the the short answer there? Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with that. I'm always wary about judging players too quickly or too early, and I, I think I can only really recall one good game that that Ravi Matondo had for us. If I'm being honest, and that was at home to St Johnston when he was playing on the left. He's I think he's played one more game on the left, um, as we've seen it so far, and. Other than that, he's been out on the right. He's been a bit part player. When he's started games, he's not really taken his chances. And I think he really needs to to buck up his ideas quickly if he's going to have any future um, at Rangers. But I, I, to be honest, I think he's probably too far gone. Um, and I think we can get players of better quality. But like you say, that's a, another black mark, I guess, against Ross Wilson's recruitment strategy. And while... There have been some successes from um, that we, from a recruitment in previous years or in the last few years. There's been a lot of that have been failures, and I think three million pounds on Ravi Matondo is falling into that that bracket very very quickly. Um, I see a lot of Ross Wilson comments coming in now. I'm I'm not going to touch on Ross Wilson. <laughs> A transfer window is about to open. We'll have plenty of plenty of time to to discuss Ross Wilson and Rangers transfer strategy as it is. Kyle, we've just hit the hour mark, so we'll start to wrap up now. The um, last question for you is on your man of the match. Who do you think was was Rangers' best player tonight? Oh, it, it, it's quite tough. This normally when I come away from from a lot of games, I've got like a a definite man of the match in my head, and I'm like, that's the guy I'm I'm going to see who it is. For me, is I don't think anybody particularly stood out tonight um, in the team, but it's a toss-up between Barisic for his two assists. I thought he was fairly comfortable at times, but I'm going to give it to Malik Tillman. I thought he took his goal really well. I thought he was key to to most of the attacking play that we had. Um, and yeah, I just thought he was good, and he, you know, he was the the guy in the front of the programme um, today and, and, and he lived up to, to his expectations, I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. While Borna Barisic was influential in the result today and his two crosses were absolutely fantastic, I think his defensive frailty still came still came through today and I think for that reason Malik Tillman gets, gets the man of the match um, for me as well. So uh, let's hope Malik Tillman continues that form over the next few games. I think all that's left for us to do is to thank you very much, Kyle, for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. I'm sick of you. Don't talk to me until the old firm game now. That's well. I mean, I might not even talk to you there either. So it's absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you very much to everyone for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel. Pop a like on the video if you've enjoyed our content. If you um, subscribe to the channel, you'll get uh, an option to toggle on those notifications. If you toggle on those notifications, you'll get an email every single time we go live or we upload a new podcast, which is which is always great. Um, in terms of what the schedule is coming up, as I mentioned a bit earlier, we've got our Old Firm Preview podcast going live at 10am on 
Friday morning. So please do come join myself, Scott Cameron and Shug to talk about all things Old Firm game for the 2nd of January. Outside of that, we'll, Kyle and myself are back after the Old Firm game for our immediate post-match reaction. Let's hope it's a, a celebratory one um, and we can enjoy a, a long afternoon on the beers after the, after that game. Um, but I, I'm not how sure how confident I am at this stage on that one. But as I said, thank you very much, everyone, for joining. And until next time, goodbye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.